You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in Patrick Sheldon. Uh, Shells, uh, if you want to get Sheldon on uh, Twitter, it's at P underscore Shells. Shells, I'm just going to give the other guys just a second because I think they're really frustrated with us because uh, you and I, we we see it as the walls are crumbling, like this is over. And we honestly had real conversations about whether or not like this should still be a thing. And I know th- those guys are feeling, I don't know, maybe better than we are. Like, am, you know, yeah. am I wrong? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> we'll talk to them when we bring them on. It was, it was a tough chat uh, for most of the game. Um, I think I've been a little bit more scarred than, than maybe some others because I'm a little bit older and have dealt with this bullshit for now 43 years. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're having, as as a fan, I'm having a come to Jesus moment about this team and my level of commitment to it as a fan. Like I'll, I'll just be, I mean, we can get into it more later, but I'll be I'll be honest. Like it, it is, it's reached the point in my life as an adult with multiple responsibilities that I got to assess how much time, effort, emotion, and um, I, I expend on on this organization, this team every week. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brendan Shagru. If you want to find Brendan on Twitter. Thank you, Brendan. For you audio-only listeners, I wish you could see the beauty that is Brendan Chagru's face right now, covered in a bag, a paper bag, and that's, I think, how we all feel. Mm-hmm. If you want to get twen- uh, Bre- <laughs> if you want to get Brendan on Twitter, it's at Brendan Chagru. That's S U G R U E, and that somehow, some way, this guy is positive. I don't know how it's possible, but Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. Oh, where I. <clears throat> Hi guys. <laughs> I hey, thank you, Brendan. Uh, first time I've <laughs> smiled in about three and a half hours. So well, yeah, just felt like it was uh appropriate. <laughs> feeling good, feeling great. Yeah, no, nothing wrong over here. Are we sponsored by are we sponsored by Trader Joe's now? This is exciting. Let's let's hey, why don't we why don't we thank Sheridan's let's do for it. sponsoring this podcast trying to cover the worst football team in the world right now. Uh, Will's going to be upset. I can't wait to hear his uh, take on the game. But yeah, we'd like to thank Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and has been serving the community for 69 years with five barbers. Check that. Six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668- zero one three seven and book yours today sheridan's barbershop or traditional meets modern i i i i think other bears fans sheldon are, are probably feeling 
what you're feeling. Um, yeah. Good friend TJ, uh, good friend of the pod is 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 chiming in. Being married to a Packers fan sucks. That is all, TJ. Uh, every one of us that has to go to work tomorrow and just see a slew of Packers fans. Um, you know the 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 DMs and the posts on Twitter that are coming after it. You know what? Like I, in in, in all seriousness, boys, like I adore you guys and I love hanging out with you, but I don't know if I want to continue to do this where we're putting so much time and effort into other people's work that just seemingly don't give a shit or, or if they do give a shit, they are so unbelievably inept at their jobs uh, that, uh, that, that they just, they, they come across as not giving a shit. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with the, let's have patience for Ryan Poles. Let's have patience for Matt Eberflus. Let's have patience for Justin Fields. Let's have patience for the offensive line. Let's have patience for the defensive line. Just wait, just wait. I'm done. I'm done waiting, right? Other teams have been able to turn this team around. You know what? Brian Dable, man, you know what? I wonder, I wonder yet again, I wonder what this team would have been like if they had the foresight to hire a coach that knows what the hell he's doing, especially on offense. You have a, a, a young quarterback with, with some talent, and what do you decide to do? Let's go after a defensive guy with a scheme, right? That essentially is, I don't know what, 10 years too late. Like I, you can say all you want about, th- they spent how much money in the linebacker position. I'm sorry. I'm ranting boys. And I'm sorry, but this, this is just like, I think I'm done. Like I, I like seriously think I'm done. You're right, man. Like I think, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that it's mm-hmm. a symbiotic two-way relationship. Like it's not just one way. And I think, people feel like if you if you pull back in any way they question your fandom like you're not dedicated to the franchise to the team but like at the end of the day man this this needs to be a two-way relationship we were talking about it before we came on like i mean just just to get real for a second like i've got a full-time job i'm a member of the army reserve which is a significant commitment month in and month out i've got three little ones under the age of nine two of whom are active in sports that take up probably a good 15 to 20 hours a week driving to practice and games and all that stuff. So I say all that to say that carving out three hours of time on a Sunday uh, to do that. And then, you know, another two hours to talk about it. It's, it's a commitment and it's not, uh, it's not easy, right? Like, and it, it would be fine if I was, feeling like I was getting something back out of that commitment. And I'm not, I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting the same crap week in and week out, year in and year out, uh, decade in and decade out. It's the same stuff. And I don't think I would have felt as bad today if any of it, any of it looked improved from last year. But what was so discouraging to me and why I came out of the gate and, and our text thread just really fired up was everything looked worse than last year. And, and it's not just a, to me, it wasn't just a, a week one, um, you know, first game of the season, getting the jitters out, working through the kinks. It, it wasn't that it just all looked like shit, every bit of it. And we, we, we retooled the roster. We upgraded a bunch of positions, but the, the talent didn't look like it was there. The play calling didn't look like it was there. Justin Fields didn't look comfortable in the pocket. Getsy's play calling was was dog shit. Um, everything of the discipline wasn't there. The penalties, they had a chance to rewrite the narrative on the the Packer Bear rivalry, 
and they allowed a first-time starting quarterback without his top receiver uh, to come in and, and boat race them at home and embarrass them and lost any momentum they had going into the season. And uh, like I, I, I had some positivity coming into the season, and, and I didn't want for one week to completely erase it, but it did. Like it, this performance today was so bad, it removed any, any inkling of hope I had for the season. And now I'm just in a, we'll see what happens. Like I'm not, I have no confidence in this team. I am purely in a wait and see mode and just kind of see what happens with the season, how it unfolds. But I, I don't have any visions that this team will do anything this year. I mean, I told you at the beginning before we came on, the first pick of the draft is on the table for this team. Like based on what we saw today, the first pick of the draft is on the table. Like they, they were terrible. They were absolutely awful today. I feel like somebody should check on Brendan to see if he's still breathing. Brendan. It's kind you... of tough in here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't you know, keep this going forever. Trust me. Yeah. I think maybe if you want for your own safety, maybe you could come out. I should. There you go. Oh. Gosh. I was going to try to do, I was going to try to talk in there for a little bit, but yeah, that was going <laughs> to get tough. Oh my gosh. I put more effort into that effing bag than Luke Getzi put into his game plan. You, I mean, for God's you, sake. Right. Look, look, John Shoup. Look, 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 I'm going to say John Shoup might have been better than Luke Getzi today. And I'll shut up. I'm sorry, Brendan. It's your, it's your floor is yours. No, 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 no. I was just going to, I was just going to respond to what you guys were talking about. And the first half wasn't great, but you saw some promise. You saw some things that could be built on. You saw, okay, if fields can actually find more and he did, for like the first, you know, that uh, that scoring drive, which should have been a scoring drive or a touchdown drive, I mean, you kind of had some moments to build on. And going into halftime, I think it was like, what, a 10-6 game or something? It, it You kind of felt like, okay, we're in this. We can do this. And then I don't know what the hell happened at halftime because Matt LaFleur and the Packers just made all the adjustments on both sides of the ball and says, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're getting hit here. We got to do this better. Let's go back to the running game because we know that's a strength. And, oh, yeah, we're just going to leave another spy on Justin Fields so he can't even try and spin out and make his magic happen. And then from there, it's like Luke Getze's brain melted. Because for somebody who I, – I go back to last year, week one against the 49ers, and we all know how that first half started, right? The second half was so much better. The adjustments made. We were sitting here a year ago saying we have an offensive coordinator that can make adjustments. And his brain melted while Matt LaFleur danced around the Bears defense and offense and just made them butter. I mean, I don't even – I just sort of – I turned my phone off in the third quarter. I did. I didn't text you You're guys. Smart. I didn't tweet. You're smart. I was watching the game. But I was with some friends and we just kind of commiserated together because I could not be on Twitter and I could not just be in the echo chamber of everything that was happening negatively, negativity wise, which was very rightfully so. I mean, like everybody being so negative, everybody shouting up like their takes and everything. All of it's warranted. I mean, you know, I saw Michael Gus talking about how, hey, we might be talking about Flus being a guy who's out of the picture in the next few weeks. That's that that should be on the table. I mean, this was the worst week one loss I remember in the last 20 years. Yeah. The only one I can think of what was could be on par with it was against the San Francisco 49ers in 03 when they got blown out. Because this is – you're planning months in advance. Months. And, yeah, losses happen. But you just got flat out embarrassed, outcoached, 
outplayed. I mean, we're just talking in circles here because we all, we're all saying the how, same thing. How, how many times did was, was Fields in second and 17, second and 24? Oh, my God. Like, they had, what, one drive that started past the 25-yard line for the entire freaking game? Like, every like every unit failed the, like the coaches like legitimately you should be thinking about your jobs you you had months as you said to prepare for this and that dog shit is what you put on the table it was so bad it was so bad i honestly don't think there's any take today or at this moment that would be too hyperbolic like you could tell me anything and i would go yeah that should be on the table that's how that's how awful today's performance was bears get regulated to the cfl done do it <laughs> Hey, no offense hey, to the CFL. TJ Brooks, TJ Brooks, with the Bears win, serious question. If you're paying attention to this right now, TJ Brooks, my man, I know you watch Canadian Football League. If the Bears played in the CFL right now, would they be the best team or would they be a mediocre team? Because I have a feeling, different rules, I know it's a different game, but I have a feeling they would be a very bad football team, even in the CFL. Jack, say something. All right, well, I'll just try to be a little bit of a, uh, I don't even know, a voice of reason on some levels, uh, and then I'll duck afterwards because you guys are fired up. Um, well, a, a couple of things. First of all, are we just going to uh, assume that the, the first game, which was awful, uh, there's no no doubt about that, that that first game is going to be indicative of the entire rest of the season. So I'm not quite sure why it is that we're just going to flush the entire season based on one single game, which – I can't really disagree with most of the points you made from penalties to, um, you know, to coaching, to play on the field. It, it was really bad across the board. And that is clearly an issue. Uh, but I don't think that's, I don't know how you can be third overall in the league in penalties one year and then be so bad week one, but then just expect that you're going to be that bad the entire rest of the year. Well, and the I mean, it, what's that? I mean, look, we preseason stuff that you can put that aside, but I think penalties that's something they were penalized a lot in every preseason game so far. So I'm just saying like, it's not, it's not just week one. I think you can carry over that from the preseason and say something. Part, part of that. What I want to say about that is it's the offensive line. They are, terrible which is what we were all kind of afraid of thought maybe hey they've got some upside because they got some young players they're bad that's a very 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 bad offensive line and one of the reasons why they were penalized so much is because they couldn't hang so they have to hold they have to do these other things right that is in that that's one of the things that i'm most frustrated about i keep trying to like you know i hear all the people that, that are on twitter and all these things are saying hey ryan poles patience 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 right like he's an offensive lineman that can't build an offensive line like i we were talking about it before before we hit record, which is, uh, you know, Tyreek Stevenson I, I could could be an awesome player, you know, and I mean that sincerely, and I, I'm not that I'm not excited about him. But the two best centers, right, in, in in the entire draft, are there for you to take, and you say, nah, we're going to take another cornerback. I get it that you may value cornerback pretty high, but you're you're continuing to leave your young cornerback in in a position for him to fail. Because he has no protection. If, if you can't watch that game, and, and you know, especially in the first half, Brendan, as you alluded to it, right? There were certain things you said, hey, Justin Fields showing a couple things, right? But then he's running for his life again, again, and again, and again. The, the guys up front, Cody White here, you just, just like, go ahead. Here you go. Oh, hey, Justin, Justin, you just you just got tackled. I'm sorry about that. Right? Like, what? Why? Why? What, what are we? What? Pressured, pressured 60% of the time in the first half. On yeah. 60% of his dropbacks. I mean, 
you know, I look, I was told I need to relax when I said the fact that the first team offensive line wasn't practicing together at all for the preseason. I was told they're all professionals. Nate Davis is fine. Uh, we don't need to worry about it. You know, Jenkins out like Lucas Patrick is a pro. I was told all this stuff like preseason matters for the offensive line. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's that, maybe it's the lack of continuity. Maybe it's a lack of time together, but Maybe it's not. Maybe they're just a bad team. Like maybe, maybe best player available in the draft from a from a, a pure standpoint is only possible when your team is already established. Maybe you take best player available at the most critical position of need until you get to the point where you can truly draft best player available. But you know, you're right, Ryan. Like if they truly bought into fields this year then I think they needed to maybe qualify their best player available approach and do a little bit more for him in the draft. Now, again, like Jenkins being hurt hurts badly. Um, Nate Davis not practicing all preseason hurts badly. I do think if Jenkins is in the lineup and Davis is practice all off season and you've got those guys in the mix, um, I think it looks better this week than it did. But the reality is they weren't there. And Davis wasn't there all preseason and they looked the way they looked because of it. And uh, we don't have the depth to, to step in like other teams do. I mean, the, the, the 49ers guys, like they blew oh, a, a, a first round pick on Trey Lance. They look like the best effing team in the NFL today with Brock Purdy on both sides of the ball, defense, offense, their depth, special teams, like everything looked like a well-oiled machine. Like they've, they've got, an organizational philosophy and they're executing on it. The bears still look like, like just a team, like just a, just a no direction, just a wayward team. They don't look like an organization. Guys. Um, I, I got some positive news. Um, we almost got a butt fumble today from Justin Fields and we didn't, I mean, when he just took the QB draw and ran right into his own lineman, basically <laughs> I was I don't know. I'm, I'm literally. You're right. And if even if Tevin Jenkins comes back, shells, the center position always worried me. No matter what, you know. I know you and I went back and forth on Nate Davis, and I said I was like about Nate Davis. I wasn't going to react until after this game. Not great. Definitely not great. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really worried about center too because Cody White here did not look good coming out at playing at left guard. He's going to be your center probably when Tevin Jenkins oh, comes God. back. So either way, you still have potentially glaring weakness at center and then it, it right guard if it gets better or not. And then Tevin's got to get up to speed too because he's been out for a while. And it, again, that's that stuff like that's three weeks away too. It's a long time. We don't even know what that's going to look like. But um, it, it just really felt like. The Packers were just overall prepared. They knew exactly how to attack the Bears on that line. And I want to highlight TJ Brooks's uh, comment here. Right showed good things, but still made to look like a rookie. That's to be expected. Darnell Wright, whatever Darnell Wright gives you, especially like as a rookie on the line, that's okay. As long as he stays healthy, because you know he's he's developing kind of like Braxton Jones did last year. But it's that it's the other guys. It's the veterans. It's the guys, like you said, Dane Davis, Lucas Patrick. Uh, Cody White here, the guys who have done it for so long. You got to anchor the line and help those young tackles get their stuff together. I mean, 
Braxton Jones was an abomination. He thing. was awful. He was, he he was, was so bad. He was, he was terrible. He was, the, he was maybe the worst offensive lineman today at saying something with the dog shit that they ran out there on the offensive line. Like it, that's, that's an impressive accomplishment to be the worst among that group. But I think he was today. Claypool. Sorry, Jeff, I, I don't want Claypool on the team next week. I, again, he I quit. said no is too hyperbolic. I do not want that guy anywhere near this locker room. He's a he quit. He a quit. couple He's plays, a like you watch the replay. He I've, quit. Yeah. Stop. I've, I've Stop tried. Trying. I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know Paul's spent a lot of capital to get him. I was optimistic about him, but there were too many plays that you watch the replay. And if he wasn't directly involved in the play, he quit. And even when he was directly involved in the play, he quits. That non-block on the Mooney screen was, that was inexcusable. Tough. That, like that, that that needs to. If Flus is the guy he says he is, if he values the hits principle as much as he says he does, then Claypool's ass needs to be on the bench immediately after that play. Like, bro, you I, just have to. If I'm at Eberflus, I'm renting a Wonder Bread truck, filling it with loaves of bread, driving it right up to Hallis Hall, and be like, guys, get in the damn truck, <laughs> and let's you know just be with the loaves. For a yeah. little bit here, because every single person not named probably Roshan Johnson deserves to be in that in that truck. It's yeah. it's an abomination. And I mean, for somebody who just prides themselves on the hustle and the track shoes and the hey, at least we're not going to be we're going to play smart. We're going to play hard. We're never going to be like outworked like that. You were outworked, outsmarted, but outplayed at every point. I I I don't. Brendan, I don't want this to come across as an attack because I don't mean it in any way, shape, or form. But like Eberflus should take full responsibility for this team quitting. They stopped. What are you doing? It's third, third quarter, yeah. five minutes to play, and you're running the football up the gut. Like, yeah. What is wrong with you? You're 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 down by 24 points. You're like, hey, let's let's hand the ball off. Like your offensive coordinator, like should be packing like his bags right now and get out of here. Like as Eberflus, like take over at some point. Like, hey man, hey, we spent all this money to get DJ Moore. How about we throw the football to him just a little bit? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm I mean, sorry, you're you, right. Eberflus goes in the truck too. What do you do at this point, though? I mean, I agree with all that, but now you're going to give Fields his third offensive coordinator in three years. I mean, like, it's 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 almost at the point where if you start doing that, then just start the rebuild over again. Like, there's no. You look at NFL history. There's no quarterback in his third year who has succeeded being on their third offensive coordinator. I mean, if there is, there may be an example, and I'm sure somebody can come up with one, right? There's always an exception to the rule. But let's be honest. Like, if, if you move on from Getze, I'm not saying that that is the wrong move. I'm not saying you shouldn't move on from Getze. But if you do, now you're giving Fields his third offensive coordinator in three years behind a shit offensive line. Um, you might as well just start over because I don't know if he can be the guy or can't be the guy, but you'll never know – under those circumstances. So you might as well just start over. That's unrealistic to expect any quarterback to succeed in those circumstances. Hold on. We interrupted Jack. So yeah, Jack, sorry. Keep going. Oh, it's still my turn. Sweet. Uh, (laughs) So I guess I wondered the extent to which perhaps your reaction is a product of your own expectations for the game. We were the worst team in the league last year. We, we all, 
were if we picked the Packers to win, we said that it would be a close game, that it was possible that they could beat them, but still maybe not likely that they're still the best team in the North until they aren't. Those are, those are my words. You've got a rookie right tackle. You've got a free agent right guard who barely practiced all training camp. You have uh, a center uh, who's got to pop into center to play that position. And then you bump your original center to guard. And then you've got a second year left tackle. Okay. So explain to me, and they barely practiced together for a number of reasons. A year ago, you were picking up offensive linemen off the street a year ago this time. So you spent the off season, you made a big free agent signing, you drafted in the first round, a big right tackle. You tried to do the best you could given the circumstances to create a line. Guys, we're not creating a line overnight. It's not being created. There's a reason the Packers are better because they have an offensive line that was able to protect their new quarterback. And we still don't have that. So draw me a path to how we're supposed to get to Packer level offensive line in the period of time that we've been given. I, I just don't understand how, how that's expected to happen uh, o- overnight or, or what could have been done differently between, I don't know, the, the last game and, and today or last year's build and today. I, I've started to think that building an offensive line is a little bit like winning a World Series. Like all the planets need to freaking align. It just doesn't happen very often and it doesn't happen very easily, clearly. And where we started from was a big shit sandwich. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying, like, what would you really expect from a team that has an offensive line that looks like ours when we know that's the focal point of, of most offensive pushes? Like, where, where are we going to go with that specific group as, as it clearly panned out? And I just, again, I don't think that today is indec- indicative of the, in, of the entire year. We, we did, we added a linebacker who led us in tackles today. There's an upward trajectory there. We have a middle linebacker who can close and cover the field now. We still do have a good secondary. They're not just all of a sudden shit because they didn't play very well today. We do have a good wide receiver. It's not all freaking bad, you guys. Like, we were down hey. seven to six, and you were fucking done. You guys were done. Yeah. Like, they, I wasn't done up? then. I wasn't they, done. They, down <laughs> they gave up. Like, F this organization. F this franchise. What the and hell? look what oh, happened. And look guys, what happened. Like, why are you bailing like that? What the F? Where, where did, you you say, did you watch this whole game? First quarter. Did you, you watch this whole game? 30, 38 yeah. points. The, the, the defense that they keep throwing resources at gave up 38 points. That's what I'm talking about. Tyreek Stevenson, again, great, could be a great player. Could be an awesome. Kyler Gordon could be a great player. Draft offensive lineman. You draft one guy, you get a guy that has a, a, has a pension for sitting on the sidelines and not playing well. You do nothing at center, absolutely nothing at center. You hope and pray that your fifth round off left tackle is going to somehow be magical. Oh, and by the way then you throw out a right tackle that's a rookie that's supposed to magically be perfect that's what i'm talking about yeah dude the reason and, and here's the thing jack i understand shells and i got a little bit negative but look at the outcome we were right we were absolutely right about this team they played like garbage this organization played like garbage they gave up that's the thing that makes me most furious about this is they gave up you watch the third and fourth quarter you can't tell me that this team didn't give up with five minutes left in the third quarter you you, you cannot convince me otherwise 
I, I think why I'm so down, Jack, and why I was so down, what I alluded to earlier, I don't think anything got even marginally better. Like, I didn't see any progress on the field today where I went, okay, like, I'm not expecting dominance. I'm not expecting playoffs, but I was expecting to see a modicum of improvement from a number of key positions or position groups or players. And I didn't see any of it today. And, and I, I agree building an offensive line takes time, but I'm looking at how he's building it. And Lucas Patrick's a dud. He's been a complete waste when he's been healthy. He's been awful. Braxton Jones. I was somewhat optimistic after last year, but he, he, he looked worse today than at any point last year. Um, Tevin Jenkins has been injured. Uh, Nate Davis has been MIA for the entire preseason. So while I agree it takes time to build the offensive line, I'm just wondering now, like, do we have the right folks to build towards a good offensive line? Like, even if, even if we get all the time in the world with these guys, is is this the offensive line that we're building towards? Because outside of Darnell Wright at the moment. So if they took, they took a first-round offensive line, you're telling me if you're sitting there watching the draft, and then they don't go defensive tackle on that next pick. That you're going to be if they go O line, O line. Come on, nobody's cheering for that. Ryan, you're not cheering for that. If they take their we first, we all would have said like we I, need a defensive tackle badly. We would have said we need a defensive tackle because we had no, we had we had yeah, zilch. But <laughs> I would have been fine with back to back offensive linemen again. Like their plan doesn't seem to align with their approach to Justin Fields. If you're if you're true approach is we believe in Justin Fields and this is a no shit make or break year for him. I would have been fine with back-to-back offensive linemen understanding that like your if your goal is to figure out who Justin Fields is this year, you're not going to do that by drafting a defensive tackle in the second round. And I understand from a roster construction standpoint, maybe that was the best move, but in one breath they're telling us we believe in Justin Fields. It's his third year. We got to figure out if we're going to extend this guy. So Go back to back offensive linemen. That's fine. Like build the offensive line through the draft with young guys that will come up together and play together and develop continuity, not a patchwork offensive line of guys that, you know, maybe they would have worked out, but they seem to be the wrong picks. Lucas Patrick doesn't seem to be the right off uh, uh, free agent move. Um, Nate Davis missed the whole offseason, doesn't seem to be the right offensive move at the moment. Braxton Jones, I don't know if he's the right pick in last year's draft. So I, I agree it takes time. I'm just now starting to wonder if we got the right guys or if we have to start over and start the building of the offensive line all over again because it does take time. But I don't know that we're any further along now than we were last year because I'm not so sure the guys they got on there are the right guys at the moment. I will say, I think, I mean, to Jack's point, it, it is not indicative of the entire season. It's a shitty start. And, you know, considering the, like I said, the months to prepare, the hype, granted, that was a lot of, you know, fan driven too. But the Bears were very chesty about it too. Like, you can see it's going to be different. It's going to be different. And it wasn't different. But I've said it a long time. Like, this team is not going to be the same team that we see in November, good or bad. And we see that every single year with teams who start out hot or start out cold. The Bengals. Once again, today, like, look like dog shit, just like they did last year, just like they did the year before. You know, like, again, I'm not saying, like, that's obviously going to happen or anything. It's just, you know, Jack's right. This isn't indicative of what's going to happen. But, you know, reacting to the here and now and things that we saw 
overall, it's a very shitty product. And knowing kind of where the offense went, yeah, things improved you know, for a bit, especially with the rushing offense last year when Luke Getze finally got his head out of his ass and said, oh, hey, Justin Fields is pretty fast. Let's uh, run that guy down the field. Um, but, like, when you only throw it to – there was one – two two throws, excuse me, um, that we saw from Fields earlier in the, in the day uh, to DJ Moore. Especially one, it was a strike right down the middle. And I said, I'm like, guys, I don't remember seeing that last year. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Fields just did not make that play with a wide receiver – doing like a, a deeper slant or anything like that. And it's like, hey, let's do that more. No pun intended. We have the guy now to get those catches and make big I, I, plays. Never went to it again. Screen pass, that, screen pass, screen pass. That's what's so frustrating, Brendan, yeah. is because you've you spent all of these resources, like the number one overall pick essentially to get to move back in the draft, but most importantly to get DJ Moore, and you don't utilize him. Like I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Like how wh- what 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 they're doing with that? And Luke Getzey, like I, like that's that I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to keep bringing up the same point, but it's you know keep these these same passes that aren't working. You're you're beating your head against a wall, like it, and it's not helping anybody. Justin Fields, I think minus that really god awful interception where he just stared on receiver and just see if he can throw it in as fast as he could. I thought he showed some really good stuff despite the fact that his offensive line was atrocious and despite the fact that his offensive coordinator was calling like the worst game call, the worst game plan that I that I've seen since John Shoup. Some of you know who that is. Some of you young people have no idea who that is. Shoup is poop. <laughs> Shoup is indeed poop. Jack, I love you very much. You're one of my best friends in the whole world. I don't, and I think that's one of the things that I'm also frustrated by is the fact that we're getting to the point where we're arguing intensely about something that in the end, like it doesn't really matter. Like I'm, you know, as, as Patrick Sheldon was talking about, like giving up your time and, you know, and to be honest, our resources, like peel back the curtain, everybody, like we have spent a lot of like time, money and effort to put this all together. And like, I fucking love hanging out with you guys. Like I, I adore it, but I don't know that I want to continue to hang out with you guys. If I have to watch this God awful football team, break my heart over and over and over and over again. And while I do understand that it is the first game of the season, nothing about this game is in any way encouraging, right? Like I, I don't, yeah, that's I, that I'm part. At, I, 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 in, in that Jack, I will give you some huge credit, right? It is just the first game of the season, but on the flip side, what about this? makes you think that this team would be headed in any other direction other than we're headed for maybe three or four wins. Because I think this could be an aberration. I mean, I think with a really terrible roster, we saw at various times throughout the course of last year, fairly disciplined play, pretty good hustle, uh, very physical teams uh, who made the most out of like some pretty terrible situations. Uh, I don't think a guy who, uh, you know, built uh, the Colts' defense and built players uh, in ways that we hadn't really seen uh, before is all of a sudden just going to lose the ability to do that. Um, again, I, I think there's just a certain amount of, of uh, long-haul discussion that goes on here that, it, you know, it, listen, I understand why you're frustrated. I, I truly do. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't be at all um, for today's performance. It was, it was really, really awful. And we, we spent the entire last season, I think doing a fantastic job on this show of making the most out of a really bad situation, having some fun, like trying to be positive and look forward. 
And so I can see why if it culminates in what we saw today, that that would be a super letdown. I'm bummed. I'm not saying I'm not, I am so super like bummed and I've got some other little nuanced things that I'm concerned about with too. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Is there a chance that we look back at this and go, wow, they just lay, they just dumped big time, dumped the bed on that first one. And then now look at like, look, look at the first quarter and then the second quarter, like Lovey used to do. And we start to see like some of the same progression that we had begun to see. Take Luke Getzi out for a minute, <laughs> but, but some of the other elements um, of How the game. How many blown coverages did we see today? How many, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I hope you're right. I hope we look back at it and go, what an aberration, but there were just so many examples of an undisciplined, disorganized, uh, disinterested team that looked like it lacked talent when it had nothing but an infusion of talent all off season. Uh, not again, I, Brian, I agree with you completely. Nothing about this was encouraging. You cannot have that many defensive breakdowns in week one of the season where you prepare all off season for one team coming out of the gate and, you know, you, you make the decisions on who plays in the preseason, et cetera. That's fine. But you have to come out of, of, of the preseason ready for week one. I mean, there were at least three completely blown coverages. Complete. Eddie Jackson looked lost in coverage today. Look, lost. He had a in bad coverage. game. He had a very bad a game. Bad game. Um, but there were two plays where defenders were just not accounted or, or receivers were just not accounted for by the defender. That can't happen. That can't happen on a fumble, no less. Well, Shells, I will say, I will say this because I know Jack has, has harped on this. Don't give them any credit, issue. Ryan. Do not give Hold them any on. credit. That these guys are good teachers. With so Some of those younger players, I think it's absolutely possible. But the one that gets me is the your veteran guys. Lucas, Patrick, Cody Whitehair. They're they're not going to magically get better as this as the season goes on on this offensive line. I I, I don't I don't see no. that happening. I I have a random question, and uh, I I'm going to highlight Ed's happen. comment here. Um, so he said, you know, sad to see the Boo Birds out early. That doesn't help at Soldier Field because the Boo Birds were out, and you know, clearly the fans were making it known how they felt. Are you guys? I don't know if we talked about this, but like, how did you guys feel? Was that like? You know, because obviously there's players that push back on that. They're like, hey, support us through thick and thin and everything. But I have no problem with booing. Just don't be surprised when players boo back and don't get upset because they, you know, you can say and you can boo however you want, but it's like they can come back to and chirp. But I don't know. Do you think that affected anything with things going downhill? Can I just say first and foremost, Ed, thank you very much for chiming in. I'm, I'm not sure that we've had you on one of the more recent episodes. So seriously, thank you. And I strongly disagree with you. Uh, you know, I just, this team is garbage and, and it's, you can't say it's just week one. It's the green Bay Packers that have now beaten you nine times in a row. The, 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 the laughter, I, I bet you there's some green Bay fan that's going to be watching or tuning in and out, right? Like, just like, hate watching us right just laughing hysterically at, at, at our misery and like to some extent I, I don't necessarily blame them Th- this is this is this is inexcusable right when when lovey smith first came to this team in 2003 right and said Four. number one goal we're gonna have is to beat green bay right and people are like well why would you say that no every fan knew this guy gets it that's what i say 
Yeah. Thank you, Ed. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, if, if the players are that mentally uh, fragile that they're impacted by the booing, then they need new players. Like I, they can chirp back all they want, but uh, on what basis, like what, what, what's your retort to playing like shit? What are you going to, what are you going to chirp back with? Like you, you guys play like shit. You deserve to be told again. We go back to where we opened the show. Like I, I lost money today cutting out of work early to come watch this people pay their, their a lot of money to go to this game took the whole day to travel, to pay for parking, to pay for transportation, to, you know, spend time away from their family to hundreds of dollars of tickets, uh, to go watch this dinner. Just just really quick. Derek DeBear flew in from Scotland to see this game. This yeah. is the first first football game he's been to right for the Bears and he's a diehard Bears fan and this is what he had to watch. Yeah. Sorry, Shells. Sorry. No, Shels. I mean it, like it's a sim again it's a symbiotic relationship. Like they should be allowed to voice their frustration and let you know where they stand in the relationship. Like if you've got a significant other that's treating you like dog shit, it, like speak up. But you're not just going to sit there and go, "Yeah, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut." Um no, at some point you're gonna be like, "Hey, look, like this isn't working. This you're not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like the way this is going for these reasons. Like, that's you're right as a fan to tell them, "Hey, look, we're invested in this too. We spent a lot of time, effort, energy, and money on this experience and this relationship too. And you guys aren't performing. That's totally fair." Jack and Brendan, before you guys throw in, please, just really quick, our friend Jeff Cadwallader has been working hard since the beginning of the year to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties. Folks, he has been killing it. Doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a homeowner, or an investor. If you're looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial or residential properties, Jeff is our guy. Seriously, Jeff Cadwallader, amazing human being at, with SVN Landmark. Give him a call or a text at 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com today. Jeff Cadwallader, if you talk to him, tell him to the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Say hello. Bears fans are smart. And like us, they see other offenses be proficient. And so they know what it looks like when other offenses are high flying and fun to watch. And when ours isn't, I think, you know, you don't see them boo the D very often. They, they boo the offense. And I think a lot of times they're, they're, they're oftentimes throughout history are booing the decisions of the offensive coordinator. And in this case, like, I don't have a problem with that at all because, um, well, I think it was deserved. I had messaged you guys, I think, when uh, the Lions and the chefs were playing and, you know, they're just isolating some routes that like Amon Ross St. Brown was running. And I, I just said, it doesn't ever seem like the bears have like specific route running schemes that seem to, to bring guys uh, open and to highlight, like everybody knows who the Detroit Lions, like where their, their bread is buttered. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. And so the offense is geared to try to like scheme to get him open. You know, you guys made the point earlier, like, I mean, that, that that to me that's that's critical that that you that you're not or or either you didn't scheme to get DJ more open or if you did that you were unable to do it so terribly terribly poorly that that's that to me uh, that to me warrants it really does warrant the, the boo birds in that particular situation like always I just I think it's like complete BS when when fans go after like individual players, like oh, in, yeah. in the stands, I saw him doing it when the, 
when the Notre Dame game got delayed and, and these kids are walking off the field uh, and the opposing like fans are just yelling shit like at these kids. <laughs> They're just like 19 year old kids walking to the lock like that. Come on. Like that stuff. I just I don't know where in your mind you think that's OK, but that's different, I guess. Jack, I want to I want to touch on something you said reminding me of a tweet that I saw earlier about the schemes and the concepts and and the the routes. Um, our guy Tim Jenkins at T Jenkins Elite. We've talked about him a lot. He does great breakdowns, but I don't know for those that were following him on Twitter, he was doing breakdowns of the individual drives of the Bears. It was really good stuff. Um, different offensive series, but he had a tweet after the game. I just want to read it to you because I, I like it puts things in perspective. And again, this is what makes me not have a whole lot of hope go forward. But he says, here's my take from covering Chicago last year. Chicago is too good of a football city to be dealing with this level of incompetence from an offensive innovation perspective. Terrible, terrible stuff to start the year, man. You could have said that was in 2021 and I would have believed you. Yeah. God. Like, there's no innovation. You're right, Jack. It's it's the fans are booing the lack of offense. The the again, we say this year after year. Every single yard seems like a struggle. Every single yard seems like it was it it was by the grace of God that they got those three feet. Um, you'd think that you'd like sit easy. down like after the games every once in a while and be like, how many screen passes did we throw, and how many times did we try to throw the ball deep? Like from last year, even to this year, like there's, you'd think there'd be a light bulb somewhere in there to say like, well, did we get some guys that had like four three four four forty speed, like specifically because we wanted to be able to press, you know, uh, and see if we can blow the top off the defense? Yes, we did. Okay, so like, how many like free throws did you make when you didn't attempt any free throws all game? You know, I, just like some simple stuff like that where it's yeah. like, oh, we're gonna throw seven screens, but only like once downfield. I. I eh. Like I don't know, I, I don't and understand. And not even that. not even throwing to your best players on the screens either. Like no. we saw the screen well, to DJ Moore in the preseason, right. and they're just throwing it to Darnell Mooney, who's getting yeah. cooked because he's setting up the whole command. So, Guys. so j- j- just really quick, Justin Fields was twenty-four for thirty-seven, two hundred and sixteen yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Three, three of the thirty-seven pass attempts went beyond ten yards. That's awful. That's awful. How, I that's five. That, that that that's that's coaching malfeasance. How many? How many did, like, did what, he complete? Do you know, Ryan? How many did he complete? Yeah. At least Over two, right? Two to Mooney. Uh, how many of the three passes beyond ten yards did he complete? One two. Mooney for a touchdown. No, 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 no. Sorry, uh, just one. One of the three. The second one. One, 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 one of them was incomplete, it? and one of them was the interception. Mm, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I guys, I mean, I I could we could not do this, but um, if I do have a breakdown of the game, if you I was going to ask if you had it. And I know that there are people that listen to this podcast or watch this podcast now. Okay, before you do it, Brendan, we do have to give a huge shout out to, to people that are listening and people that are hung out with us for 47 minutes. Just. Just screaming uh, again, Jack. I love you. And when I see you tomorrow at work, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to give you a big hug because I love you so much, right? Um, but it just so everyone is aware, um, you know, we're still trying to get this YouTube thing rocking and rolling, but our audio numbers have been just stellar. We hit 20 
thousand downloads, which is just just insane. And I know some of those people are just listening just for Brendan's breakdown, which we're going to have to get to in just a second. But just as a quick thank you so very much for all of you that hung out with us. Brendan, we're going to go ahead and put you in the driver's seat. And you know what we're also going to do is we're going to we're going to make sure that your that your beautiful face is 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 there ready to roll um, just as soon as I can get this rocking and or rolling. So Brendan, let's hear it, baby. We start the season in the Windy City as everyone's not so favorite rivalry return. Meats versus cheese. I mean, Bears versus Packers. But you could have convinced me that Taylor Swift's stadium tour was still in town because it was clearly a cruel summer at Soldier Field. And the hits were playing early. Bangers such as, Romeo, go deep. I'm trying to hit you in the chest. I've been waiting. All you have to do is run. You catch the pass that I'm going to throw to you. It's a Jordan love story. Baby, just kill me. We're loud and clear as Dobbs got the touchdown to make it 7 nothing. It was a sloppy first half with both teams kicking field goals the rest of the way with Ha Did Leone. Neighborino, Flanders Carlson, and that little guy, Caillou Santos. But the Bears had reason to believe. But just like a drunk uncle telling a child that Santa Claus isn't real, that belief was broken with tons of crying involved. The Packers came out of the locker room cheesing to make a play. Aaron Tom Jones said, It's not unusual to take the ball to the end zone on a run and a pass in one freaking quarter. Green Bay took a 24-6 lead. And then Justin Fields threw a moonshot to Mooney to cut the deficit, but the damage was already done. They even got a big gain. Uh, Packers, I mean, got a big gain from Luke Casey Musgraves because the Bears can't help falling over themselves. And to put the icing on the cake, this is the Quay Walker bounced off tacklers like he was a Mandalorian wearing Beskar armor to get a pick six. Green Bay wins 38 to 20 as we all wish we could go to a different galaxy right about now. Brendan has, there, Brendan has made me smile twice in the last few hours. So this, this has all been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a drunk uncle that told you there was no, <laughs> if you did, then I'm going to give you a hug the next time. I see no, you. I didn't. I, I didn't. I don't know. I just, it just, that was a good line. It just came out. I don't know. I'm telling you, I wrote that like, I think I wrote that in 10 minutes. <laughs> Did you like rage write it? That's what I think I would have done. This is a little bit cathartic. <laughs> cathartic. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to do the outhouse and the penthouse, but boys, I think we spent the entire time uh, for this podcast in the outhouse. Was there anything other than Roshan Johnson? Cause that one's off the table. Anything about this? That you're saying that was really good. DJ Moore is really good when he can when he actually gets targeted. Targeted. I think I tweeted thank you Carolina for DJ Moore, and then he did nothing for the rest of the game. Oh, that's another positive. Carolina lost too. Yay! Santos was two for two, including a 47 yarder. Wonder what his longest is. It's got to be up there for him. It was a good kick too. The 47 yarder was a good kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, Brooks had um, TJ Brooks had 14 tackles, including six solo tackles. TJ Edwards, uh, TJ Brooks, TJ Edwards. That's what TJ Brooks that. could do it. TJ uh, Brooks, our play, favorite Canadian, is now playing. Yeah. <laughs> we could put him in Freddie Jackson. Yes, thank you for correcting me. I apparently I'm, really, I'm more into misinformation lately than I thought I was. Um, <laughs> so TJ Brooks uh, had 14, um, 14 tackles, and, and Mooney had uh, what did Mooney have? He had. Two, 
uh, four receptions for 53 yards uh, and a touchdown. He led the team in targets. He had seven. Fairless Jones didn't fumble a punt. His <laughs> Jones couldn't even make it on the field. <laughs> so Still he's not the starting he's kick returner. He's he's not the starting kick returner, huh? I yeah. Uh, you know I mean, again, like what, what? So what? What is his? What does he do around here? What would you say you yeah. do here? Why did? Why keep him if you're not even going to suit him up? What is? Uh, what are we doing? I have a question, like a legitimate question. Um, I love legitimate questions. Yeah, well, instead of you know messing around, but okay. So we saw Chase Claypool not being able to block anybody. Equinemia St. Brown was a healthy scratch. Do you bring him back up next week because you know you need help block? Like I don't blocking help on the outside. I don't want to see Claypool on this team anymore. I don't. I really don't. Yeah, pull, pull, pulls whiffed on that one really bad. Pulls lose credibility in my mind if he doesn't hold players accountable. Thirty. <laughs> you gave up the thirty-second overall pick for a guy who's probably going to get cut. Yeah, then he's just because if he doesn't hold players accountable, then he's just full of hot air, and and you're gonna lose a locker room that way. Like I I don't I don't pretend to know what's going on in that locker room, but I can't imagine that the players are gonna look at that tape or just know from being on the field that they're gonna be happy with what they saw out of Chase Claypool. I do want to just throw this comment up here because I said there would be at least one Packer fan that would come to our podcast just to gloat. And look, they didn't disappoint. So I just think that's awesome that instead of just enjoying your own fandom and your congratulations on your win, that you're going to go to another fan base and, and, and kind of shit on them. That says a lot about your character. Good for you, buddy. Nah, I respect it. I would, I, I, you know what, if I might do the same thing, just hop in and see what people are saying. If you know, the Packers. Oh, absolutely. I would hop in and listen, but, but yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's where it would end. I'm just going to put it down. I'm going to put it down for more uh, of a record. Not done with Claypool. They're not done with him. Uh, I think he still will play a part in this offense before the season's over. So it's on record. I'm not done with him either, but it keeps getting, it keeps getting worse, man. Like it's, it just, it keeps going downhill, especially after seeing like we saw him do well in camp. He was the camp King. He was, you know, up to speed in the offense. He's confident in what he needs to do. And then you go out there and have that kind of performance. Like you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore in terms of being a new guy, in terms of learning the new offense, you've learned it. You've been on the field. You've got that connection and chemistry. I still think there's a a issue too in my mind's eye, the same issue that we had last year is that we have already talked about the, the low quality play of the offensive line. And then, and then we're still, we're still trying, including me to, to make assessments of players that are in skill positions. When again, if I'm trying to run, let's try, let's, I'm trying to run uh, an inside belly where, where you basically crack back with the center and you pull the guard. If the center gets pushed back into the backfield, you can't pull the guard. You can't hand the ball off to the running back and you can't run a 31 belly. And that's just a small example, but I think it's kind of like I could give you a pass play example. I could give you plenty of examples. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a difficult, he, he, what he, he, so he dropped the one pass that was tipped and then he missed a block. Was there something else that he did poorly that I missed? I think he had another drop. I thought, or maybe it was just a pass that was like over his head or something. I don't know. 
there you're talking Claypool. Yes. Yeah. That if you look on the, I, I want to see the all 22, but I, the replay on the interception, it almost looked like he sort of took like quit on the play before the ball came out. He was running a deep post. It looked like towards the middle of the field and it just kind of looked like he, he assumed he wasn't going to get the ball and just kind of hmm. started putting it in cruise control. Um, again, I want to see the all, the all 22 on that, but it, at first blush on the replay, I was like, who the hell is that jogging downfield? And they showed the replay again real quick, and it was Claypool. Um, he's an interesting case study to me. He's sort of like a – because – he could be a terrible pick for the GM and he's testing this head coach's philosophy. Like at some point you, you got to make an example or again, you're just an administration or, or an organization that just talks for the sake of talking. Um, will polls cut sling load on a failed trade? Will Eberflus actually hold somebody of his stature accountable if not, like that's I don't know, guys. That's 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 pretty telling to me. If there's not some accountability in that wide receiver room for Chase Claypool go forward, I was also going to say just uh, quickly that I would like to see uh, the All Twenty Two and or I really love that there's a couple of guys that I feel like throughout the course of last year broke down Justin Fields's um, games really well, and there seemed to be an issue with him in certain instances pulling the trigger uh, on throwing the ball. I will say this is the first game after watching a lot of the other morning games where, where you see Bryce Young or you see CJ Stroud or you see Jordan Love um, making some throws right out of the gate <laughs> in game one, right, of their rookie careers. And and I'm I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that, not only are we maybe not seeing some of those throws, but that maybe there's not like the level of progression that we had hoped for. Now, again, offensive line, not very good. Uh, offensive play calling today, not very good, but I don't know. I mean, not like, you know, five star alarm here, but five alarm fire or anything, but I, it's just interesting to me that some of those guys can walk right into the league and make some game changing throws and do some game changing things. And we're still, feels like we're still waiting a little bit in purgatory with fields on some of those things. Well, what did I text you guys at the beginning? I, I said, even when he's got a clean pocket, he looks skittish. Like he, he always looks like he knows he's going to get hit even when he's not going to get hit. And, and I, I don't know if he's scarred from last year beyond repair at this point, but there were too many times in the pocket where I was like, what, what is he doing? He was bouncing around. He just, he looked like he was about to take a hit. And there was nobody around him. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know if that's scar tissue from last year or if that's, it just didn't, he didn't look comfortable in the pocket. And I agree with you, Jack. I like, I know, I know uh, Young had some issues. He had two interceptions, two bad interceptions that were almost like a, a exact replay. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's the sort of thing like, okay, those are young QB mistakes. You want to see him grow and develop, but he looked a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Um, he looked steadier. He looked – and I, for for as bad as they looked in the preseason, for most of the game, the Panthers' offensive line didn't look all that bad. They uh, mm. they were a lot better than they, than they were in the preseason, mm. I'll tell you that. 
Um, and they gave him a little bit of time, but he he looked a little bit more comfortable. And I I just hope they haven't ruined Justin Fields to the point where he's no longer capable of being comfortable even in a clean pocket. I, I don't yeah, I don't know what, what much else we can say here about this. Uh Baker Mayfield got it done um with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Minnesota. Sure looks like what we all kind of thought that that team is a little bit of a mirage, but I mean, you know, there's something about Baker's athleticism that, that gives that offense a, a slightly new dimension. They seem like they're committed to run the football. Um, does your prediction change for next week? Because mine sure does. Um, I picked the the Bears to lose against the Packers, uh, but come out and win against the Bucks. And I think I'm going to pull that from the table and say I, I don't see this team winning yet. Uh, I'm hoping, uh, Jack, you know, to what you talked a little bit about earlier, that that maybe things will will get better. But after today, I mean, this just this is this looks like a really bad football team. Boys, what about you? They can't. I mean, <laughs> they cannot play this bad back to back weeks. Or if they do, then I will jump on the Patrick Sheldon and, and Ryan Ryan Dangle hate train and just uh, just burn all my bears gear and uh send like angry mean texts even when they're up 24 7 i'll just i'll just i'm just kind of kidding but but i'm not changing my pick i I, there's there will be a shift next week there will be a change uh they will do a better job of preparing no jack stay with me in the I'm mad, but I also can sort of see things maybe potentially improving in the future because it's only week one train, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm still picking. So I picked a loss and I, I don't know who else, if I was the only one to pick a loss on that, but uh, I think Logan did too. Okay. And shells. I can't remember what you picked because I was reading yours off of a screen. I can't remember yeah. either. I'm going back to look now. Um, do I do I do a victory lap because I picked the Packers to win, hmm. and I was right? I mean, sure, if you yeah. want. I mean, but yeah, no, yeah go go no, for it. No, no, take your no. lap. You really want to take your lap and say, "Oh, I was right." <laughs> I Bears. told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're right. You did. Yeah. I, I just it feels it feels gross, boys. Uh, anything else that we want to chat about before we get to shoutouts? Anything at all? Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, anything? Um, I think so. Go ahead, Brendan. So you look at the box score, it's interesting because the Packers actually, they had 32 carries for 92 yards as a whole for rushing. It was very inconsistent. When Aaron Jones went out, that was kind of a different rushing attack. And I thought the Bears did a good job of shutting down A.J. Dillon at times. And the, I really thought there was a, an opening when Aaron Jones went out with his hamstring, when the Bears came back and had that touchdown to cut the deficit to 10. Like you just felt that, okay, this might be the tie turning. Um, maybe the running, the rush defense isn't like it wasn't good. I don't know if it was like brutal because there were some chunk runs in there early and the Packers for some reason went away from it. But maybe there were some good things that happened there. So that's just something I'm going to be monitoring for next week to see just how if that builds on itself and looks a little bit better. Was, I just thought it was interesting. 2.9 yards a carry. That's that's pretty freaking good, you know, all, all things considered. In fact, Flus in his postgame presser like directly said, you know, in the first half that they had held them 
Um, and it seemed like maybe they didn't because there were some some longer runs. But I, I don't know if if the game had turned out better, it might have been more like a bit of bend, don't break defense, which we've seen before, you know, for, from the Bears in, in certain instances. But you're right, 32 carries for 92 yards for a 2.9 average uh, and just one touchdown. It's just it's that screen game. And you especially yep. thinking about Aaron Jones on that long, uh, the long of 51 yards. I mean, that dude, that was that that was a killer. I mean, that that was you know, Aaron Aaron Jones is. I go back and I watch this game, and I, I will say this again. I think that Jordan Love proved that if you could if you could get a good pass rush on him, which we did not do, he's not going to be a great quarterback. He had one phenomenal throw. Again, his third touchdown pass. I thought he had a, a bunch of really bad passes, passes where he missed wide open guys. Um, maybe that was some communication errors that it's things that I'm just not seeing. Um, but I just didn't think I was not overly impressed with him, but I definitely think he gained confidence going in because we were so bad in so many different levels, especially the absolute and utter lack of a pass rush was just just abysmal, just really, really, really bad. And hats off to the Packers. Uh, they, they beat us again for the ninth time straight boys. Uh, can we please get out of here? Um, I've got some laundry and other things that I think is far more valuable with my time than, than watching the Chicago bears play football. Um, so if we could, let's go to shout outs. Let's go. Patrick Sheldon, Brent Chagru, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was so despondent about this loss. I, I didn't really start thinking of any shout outs, but, um, Shout out to Alan Williams. I hope someday, very soon, you are united with our great friend Jeff Cadwalder, and uh, he is listing your house for sale, and you are on your way out of Chicago because um, you are a terrible defensive coordinator. That's my shout out. That's all I got. Oh, is it me? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention, just like the various coaches. Oops, sorry. Um <laughs> One, my one Twitter shout out goes to the king of shout outs, Todd Walter. I know that we shouted him out last week, but he's such a good dude. And the guy was on a just bender this morning, just shouting out everybody. But like he's doing the good work on Twitter. So for those who don't follow, Todd is um, one of our, our favorite Bears fans and listeners. Um, he also writes for, for Fan Sided. He does these Sunday shout outs for every Bears game. And, you know, we're always on it, thankfully, but he shouts out a ton of other people. So uh, we just want to thank him for always doing that and just being for the king of shout outs. We're giving a shout out to the king of shout outs. And then um, shout out to my uncle Johnny, went to the game, sent me a picture, was complaining about it, but he had this awesome Darnell Wright shirt on. Uh, that was just the coolest thing I saw. And you know what, guys? That was like my last tweet at halftime. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, really cool Darnell Wright shirt. And then I put my phone down and then everything went to hell. So for a while, that was kind of like the last positive thing on my timeline, which is cool. Um, and then shout out to my buddy's, uh, my buddy Brad's dad, uh, Parker, turned 60 today, had a nice birthday party for him. He was really happy, except for the Bears game, of course. But uh, shout out to him and his birthday. Um, so I'm just going to relish in what winning there is in my life because there's not a whole lot of it when it comes to sports, but the Notre Dame fighting Irish won. Uh, they won 45 to 24 over NC state. Uh, let's go Irish and the, uh, the Sycamore high school football team, uh, defeated Woodstock high school, uh, trounced them actually 42 to nothing, uh, which was pretty great because then uh, my guy got in kind of got in in the third quarter and played the entire fourth quarter got a couple tackles 
Uh, so congratulations to the Sycamore Spartans, 3-0 and on the go. It's awesome. Uh, I want to give our, my first shout out to Bruja Seven. Um, we didn't see a lot of you in the uh, in the off season, but dude, you've been with us for almost every podcast we've had over the last couple of weeks. Please, just so you understand, that does not get lost on us. And I we're I know I speak for all of us when I say we are so unbelievably thankful for you. I wish I knew your first name instead of just calling you Bruja Seven, but it's such a badass name. Um, so so thank you very much for that. I got to thank out my guys at Roar of the Lions UK, uh, especially I know. Matt, you know, basically he was saying like, don't give up, don't give up. We know how bad it's been. We're Lions fans, just stick with it. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore, which still, you know, if we have a couple more games like this, we'll see how things go. But they were basically trying to keep me in good spirits. And so I am going to be cheering for the Lions a lot this season. I know that sounds crazy to say, but when they're not playing the Bears, uh, I'd like to see the Lions do well. I just really would because... You know, they've been so terrible for a while. And the last one, uh, this is on behalf of all of us. So that's Logan Raggedly, Patrick Sheldon, Ben Shigrew, Jack Wright, and myself, Ryan Dangle. Um, 20,000 downloads uh, for for this podcast. Please, you know, we, we, we are, we're down. We're upset today. We, we argued. I yelled at Jack today and Jack yelled at me. Uh, but we still love each other very, very much. And uh, we're just so very thankful that this thing that we have built and worked very, very hard for, um, that, that some of you are still hanging out with us. That means a whole heck of a lot. Um, and, uh, maybe it's just to, to hate watch or the Packers fan that, that stopped in just to, to gloat and to make us feel worse that we don't already know that our football team has lost nine in a row, the Green Bay Packers, whoever it might be. We just want to thank, thank all of you for listening, watching, supporting. Um, if you're one of those audio only listeners, please come check us out on YouTube. We're still trying to get this thing growing. Um, but you know what, maybe you're a YouTube listener. You're like, Hey, I want to go back and listen to one of those episodes. We are streaming just about everywhere you can help us out by hitting like subscribe sharing with a friend hitting with us with a five-star review because that really does help to widen our audience boys thank you i don't know is there anything else that you that you want to say thank you about the twenty thousand? i mean that's that's a that's a big number for us it's awesome uh and just imagine when the team starts uh being really good when the dynasty began our numbers are going to be <laughs> You guys, you guys can launch from my funeral when that happens. <laughs> oh, no, no, you guys can, uh, you know, oh maybe, maybe, maybe launch a pod from my from the uh, funeral home when the bears actually take off. Maybe I'll no, maybe I'll be around to enjoy it. Maybe I won't. Uh, yeah. At least you're not uh, overly dramatic or morbid about it. <laughs> maybe shout out, shout out to the bears coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also I want to shout out. I yeah, I do I do have one more shout out to my wife for not giving birth during the game though. Honestly, <laughs> it's probably going to be better. a way better no. thing yeah. if that would have happened. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, thank you so very much. And as always, folks, Bear Down Chicago.